When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another Basement Binge episode. Sorry for the bit of the delay that's been happening between the episodes. Isaac, who was editing the episodes, has a kid now and uh, has taken away his ability to edit the podcast. Isaac, if you're listening to this, you're awesome. I really appreciate all the episodes and all the help you gave. But obviously, he's got a family now, and there's bigger priorities he has than editing my episodes for me for free, which was very nice of him. So... In adapting to that new schedule, the episodes have been a little chaotic in how they've been released, but here we go, I have another one, so bear with me here if the editing is not on as par as what it was when Isaac was doing it. Here we go into the actual episode. This is the chaos walking reaction. It's a full review, spoiler-free reaction with the typical review that you get here at the basement binge, all the same segments, but there's going to be a bigger focus on the spoiler-free section as it's a film that's still in theaters kind of to help you decide if it's something that you want to see. Chaos Walking. It was a film that I saw this past weekend instead of Raya and the Oriya and The Last Dragon. And I was actually glad I did. I, w- I was kind of hesitant. I purchased the tickets for Chaos Walking. It was extremely excited. Uh, the trailers were something that I really like. Doug Liman, the director, is someone who I really like. I'm a huge fan of Daisy Ridley. I was just really excited for this film. And then I saw reviews over the weekend on Letterboxd, a lot of people were reviewing both this and Raya, and this wasn't doing very well, and Raya was doing amazing. I still haven't seen Raya. That's coming eventually, but I was like, oh man, maybe I made the wrong decision, but we went, my wife and I, we went, and I'm just extremely glad that we went. It was a ton of fun. If you, if you know anything, but before we get into this two cents here, but just, just talking about Chaos Walking, if you know anything about me, uh, one thing you should know is I'm a huge fan of Edge of Tomorrow. You go listen to that episode. That was one episode that was a part of the starting idea of the Basement Binge. The, the Basement Binge started because of a conversation that Kelt and I and I had while we were mowing lawns. We had I had a lawn business and they worked with me. Anyway, he was talking about how Edge of Tomorrow would be a super fun film to do for a podcast and to talk about between the three of us, me, Kate, and Kelton. I'd never seen it. I waited to see it until the basement binge. We watched it. We did that episode, which was a ton of fun and a great episode. And then I've watched it so many times since. I have it on Blu-ray. It's an infinitely rewatchable film that's just great entertainment, like some of the best entertainment in in filmmaking in recent memory. Uh, So, yeah, when I saw Chaos Walking, I knew it was directed by Doug Liman. I kind of thought this is going to be an opportunity for it to be similar to Edge of Tomorrow. If you didn't know, Edge of Tomorrow is based off a manga, so a book in a sense. And Chaos Walking is based off a book with kind of similar premise where it's it's an adventure action film with with a sci-fi component to it uh, with a really interesting world and and lore to it that Doug Liman is just really great at crafting. On top of that, I love Daisy Ridley. My sister has read these books. I have not. Let me make that clear at the beginning. I have not read these books. My sister was a big fan of them. 
I mentioned I love Daily Z Ridley, and the trailers for this looked awesome. So I was just extremely excited to see it. There was just a lot of reasons that I was really, really excited about Chaos Walking. Before we get any further into the review, here's the trailer. That was a terrible crash. So even just listening to it, that trailer is pretty epic. I love that trailer. To start off this review here, the official thing, again, this is all spoiler-free. So if you haven't seen the film and you're trying to decide if you should see it, I will let you know if spoilers are coming. But for now, it's completely spoiler-free. So quick IMDb synopsis. In the not-too-distant future, Tom Hewitt, played by Tom Holland, discovers Viola, played by Daisy Ridley, a mysterious girl who crash lands on his planet, where all the women have disappeared and the men are afflicted by the noise a force that puts all their thoughts on display. In this dangerous landscape, Viola's life is threatened, and as Todd vows to protect her, he will have to discover his own inner power and unlock the planet's dark secrets. Simple synopsis. Again, it's based off a book. Uh, It's tons of fun. Like I mentioned, I just, I had a blast with this film. Whoops, clicked on the wrong thing. Let's get this pulled up here. Okay, so Chaos Walking, like I mentioned, is directed by Doug Lyman, written by Patrick Ness and Christopher Ford. So Patrick Ness is the author of the book. So he obviously did the writing for this film, which I think is awesome to have him listed as a writer and not just as a based off the book written by. Like he actually did writing for the script. Christopher Ford is just responsible for the screenplay. It stars Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley, Mads Mikkelsen, Nick Jonas. Those are kind of the main 
big names. It's tons of fun. Let's jump into the two cents and we'll really get into what I think. Again, this is all spoiler free. So when my wife and I, we went to go see this film, we went together, obviously. Duh. And then we were walking out of the theater, just talking about things we didn't like, things we did like. Of course, like you do after you see a film and you're talking about it. For the most part, we were just talking about what we liked, talking about how Daisy Ridley was great in this, talking about the ending, what we thought about it. But the general thought was that we liked it, that it was fun and that we had a good time. And I had the idea that I would totally watch that again. Like, it's not something that I have tons of things to say about one specific component. It's not that anything's particularly mind-blowing or incredibly impressive. It was just good entertainment, and I would watch it again because it was fun. And it has charismatic cast members and a cool premise that's just good entertainment. It was just fun. Like, like just a simplicity that I haven't felt recently. So it, I, I've said this a bunch, but it's a simple action, action romp from one of the best people at making action romps. And I looked it up to make sure I was using that word right. If you were like me and didn't know, a romp is a spell of rough, energetic play, which I think is a perfect explanation for a lot of Doug Lyman films. Edge of Tomorrow, The Born Identity, uh, Mrs. and Mrs. Smith, Jumper. There's just simple entertainment. Like nothing is phenomenal. It takes a simple premise and doesn't do anything too big with it. Doesn't explore the complexities or nuance of it. It's just fun. It's just a romp. The premise is intriguing. The cast is great. There's visual competency and the music is fun. The VFX are great. Like it's just good old fun. Popcorn flick. And it's great at being that. And I'm great for what it is. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Ender's Game as well. I love Ender's Game's books, and I also love the movie. Um, they're really similar to me in that it doesn't do one thing particularly well, except for maybe like the VFX and the music. And then it just has fun actors in like a, a simple premise that it doesn't deal too deeply in the premise besides just being what it is, and it's just fun. Of course, there's some dumb Doug Lymanisms that... I'll touch on as well in a moment, but beyond that, there isn't much really that's standing out. It's a young adult fiction book to film adaptation. It's an action adventure blockbuster. It's, it's very simple. I'm not really sure what people were wanting from this. You're never going to see me complaining about McDonald's being good at being McDonald's. And, and, and what I mean by that is that when you're seeing a movie and reacting to it, I think that it's appropriate to understand what you're consuming. Like, like don't try and a, fit a circle in a square hole. You know, like think about those kids' toys. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm all for the fine dining, super nice restaurants, but I'm never going to complain about McDonald's being great McDonald's. So anyway, on to the Doug Lymanisms that I love. I've mentioned that Doug Lyman is an actor that I really think is great at what he does. Now, I'm not going to say that he's the greatest director, but he has specific skills and and talents and and a direction that i i quite enjoy uh some components of that are great visual effects and actors that just shine through the camera like there's just there's just some magic that's hard to explain in words someone put it that the camera loves daisy ridley and doug is great at letting it do that and and i totally agree with that on top of that there's good action sequences that are short and to the point uh, exposition that's done in a clever and interesting and entertaining way. It's not too long. It's not too complicated. It's not dumbed down, but it's simple. And then it moves on. You just get those things that are, are great characteristics of Doug Lyman, and you get that here as well. It seems like in the reviews that I'm reading, a lot of people wanted more than that, but I was never expecting more than that. So I got exactly what I wanted and I had a lot of fun time. Specifically to talk about the noise, which is the premise of this film. 
the the thoughts of the men visually displayed. The noise really is the best part. The visual effects are incredible with it. And and I would say in watching this, don't think too much about the logistics or mechanics about how the noise does or doesn't work. That's going to take you out of the film. It did for me in a few minutes because I was so focused like, why is the noise here but not here and how does it and doesn't work? Just enjoy what it is on screen and don't try and define it too much because you don't need it to be defined too much and you're just going to take yourself out of what could just be a simple fun time. My favorite thing about Doug Lyman, though, to move on, is his world-building skills, especially in the sci-fi, apocalypse, dystopian-type setting. He knows how to explain things visually. I think that Edge of Tomorrow is the best example of this, but he's really great in this situation as well. So there aren't long moments of exposition that really bore you when exposition through dialogue specifically is needed. It's done in an enjoyable and creative way, especially with the presence of the noise. Beyond that, things just are in the world. There's there's no setup. It, we're just there. Men have noise, and some know how to control it, and some don't. Things are revealed in a slow reservation, and you can see the impl- implications of the noise and people's control over it play out. There's things that are there for you to figure out and piece together and decide for yourself. They're not whacking you over the head with everything. It's there for you to appreciate if you want to look for it, if you don't you can still enjoy the film. Some things are spelled out, you know, duh, it's a movie, that's what they have to do, but there's a good amount of subtlety that I really enjoy. Talking to my wife about it, her not so much, but in the way I appreciate Doug Lyman and just my pre-existing ideas about the film, I enjoyed it. It could have benefited from a longer runtime, though, for things to be more fleshed out. Doug has the skill to let things play out into something great, but it's over before it has a chance to give answers to questions, both in world building and in story. So like I said, you can see the the skill set that Doug has just doesn't have the potential in this film, whether it's time constraints or reshoots or, or studio intervention, whatever you want to blame it on, it just doesn't blossom like it has in some of his other projects. So it's not that things are amazing. I just love Doug's direction in this, and I just want to mention his skills in fleshing things out without spelling it out. There just isn't enough time to let it get there enough. What we do get is really exceptional. It's a shame it just doesn't have the chance to develop into something complete. The foundation's there. It's kind of weak. I just wish it could have been stronger because I love the way that it's done. As a quick example, I'll go back to the noise and talk about one moment that I thought was great. It's not spoiling anything. There's a small glimpse of it in the trailer for like half a second, but it's when Tom Holland's character Todd is following Daisy Ridley's character Viola up a hill and she's walking significantly faster than him and he's complaining and because he's complaining through his noise, it's like fading off behind him into the camera that's up above them on a crane shot. It just looks awesome with visual effects. But then beyond that, Todd is really complaining about how she's walking too fast, how he's really tired and you get these things that I'm just going to call noise visuals where the noise isn't just those like wispy things we say in the trailer, but it's like a visualization of Todd, like imagining himself like collapsing and sitting down and being tired. Just the things he's thinking visually displayed. And like, it was really fun. Beyond that, there's not a lot of moments where it's as great as that. There's a few moments like that that are kind of cool. The noise is mainly just used as a punchline or a quirk about a character, which I will add, I laughed every time. I did not expect to laugh as much as I did in this movie. Like, it's not like Guardians of the Galaxy where it's a comedy. I would not even get close to call this a comedy. There's just 
funny parts of it that just made me laugh. And it's not just like, <laughs> that's funny. Like I was, people in the theater were laughing and my wife and I were laughing. There was a few scenes where we were laughing pretty hard. So yeah, that's fun. Back to that example. It's just the way they were able to use the noise to just let you observe things visually is just a ton of fun on top of it just being cool to look at. I realize that this two cents has become a bit defensive. This film definitely has its weaknesses. It's not the greatest thing ever made. I'm not even going to come close to that. Some things really do go nowhere and are completely underdeveloped. Some characters are extremely flat and one note, and I don't understand their motives or their involvement. Like Things definitely could have gone better. The horrible production history of this film doesn't help. I'm just kind of sad by the negative reviews. Not sure what people were expecting. It definitely doesn't take the premise of the noise to what it could have been in a lot of cool levels, but I was never expecting that in the first place, so I was satisfied with what I got. By, by no means is it bad, like some of the reviews are leaving it, especially for the simple action romp of Days Gone By. Simple entertainment that I really, really enjoy. Like Jumper, for example, one of my favorite films. Is it flawed? Most definitely. Like it does have tons of weaknesses and some things could have been better or done different with a different director and vision. Well, of course, but I love what we got and what it is. And I, this is totally a film that would fall into that category. And I would immediately watch again with no complaints whatsoever. Uh, just super quickly, I'm going to look this up here. I forgot to write it down. Actually, I think I did. Maybe I just haven't gotten to that section on the notes yet. No, I didn't write it down. Forgive me. Okay. So I, super quick, I just wanted to talk about the ratings because like I said, they've been kind of negative. So looking up the film Chaos Walking, it currently has... 5.8 on IMDb, not doing much better on Rotten Tomatoes. In fact, it's doing quite bad. Currently, for the critics, it's at a 22%. The audience has it at a 75%, if that's something that you care about. Granted, there's only 86 critics who've reviewed it and 250 audience members, so more people to rate it. And also, I just feel like this is a film where people, specifically critics, are being unnecessarily harsh on it. Just let it be what it is. It, whatever. Defensiveness, over. So I get the complaints because a lot of them are on target in the ways that they say it could have gone better. But there was a total of one moment that lasted like five seconds where I wasn't invested in what I was watching. Even with the basic motives and characters, I was involved and I was invested. The villains are medicines and heroes are brave. <laughs> I mean, what more do people want? Uh, is it flawed? Most definitely. Is it forgettable? Kind of. But is it fun? You bet. Definitely. I'm really glad I watched it. And I had a lot of fun. And I'm kind of taking the defensive approach because... I think that more people would enjoy it if they just let themselves enjoy it. And I think, especially when I'm recommending it to you in a more spoiler-free manner, I would encourage you to go see it. See it on a $5 Tuesday if that's something that they have in your area. It's fun. Go with a group of people and just go have fun. Like, just enjoy it for what it is. Don't make it, don't try and make it something that it isn't and just have fun. It's mainly just because Tom Holland and Daisy Risley are great and Doug does a good job at letting that charisma shine through and also just having fun world-building. And great chase scenes that are really short and to the point, but it's just fun. Like, it, just a good time. Defensiveness over. I had fun. I'm sad that people can't chill a bit more and just enjoy themselves. Makes me sad because it was a fun film to enjoy. So other fun facts about the film before we move on to the spoilers. Now that the two cents is over. Uh, pr to talk about the production of this film and the rough history it's had. So principal photography for this film took place in Montreal, Quebec, way back in August of 2017. That's almost four years ago. And then reshoots took place in April of 2019. So like a year and a half after principal photography, they did reshoots. Those extensive reshoots during April 2019 
reportedly costs about 15 million additional dollars. Um, and director, I'm going to mispronounce this, Fide Alfaraz. I'm so sorry. I'm dyslexic. I'm so bad with names. But anyway, he worked with Doug Lyman on the reshoots. Now, something that people don't realize and seem to really emphasize is reshoots. They're quite common, especially with big blockbusters. Reshoots are like planned for in the budget. In this situation, obviously, it was worse, but it, it's a not an unusual thing. Doug Lyman, specifically as a director, actually plans for reshoots. He has a really speedy, kind of figure it out as you go type approach in his directing. Reshoots are a part of his creative process in discovering this world and, and creating it. And it's interesting that some people like really blame this film on the reshoots. In the reviews I was reading, some people were saying like, oh, I immediately knew what scene was a reshoot and what wasn't. I had no idea. I would not be able to tell you the slightest clue. Maybe I'm just not observant. I think I am. And I was really paying attention, but I couldn't tell. If you're really looking forward to nitpicking, you probably will be able to, but I didn't. I think that it's just interesting to try and blame that on the film, especially, I was going to get into this later, but I'll mention it now. I first heard about this film on that like stupid advertisement that's all over the place, especially on IMDb. That like you go to the IMDb page and I don't know, you're clicking on something and it has the ads on the side and it's like Zegnet or Zergnet. I think that's the advertisers. And it says like chaos walking unreleasable or something like that. And how like one person had made a comment about how the first principal photography, the film was unreleasable. And it's like, that's just the idea I had about it. Like I honestly, from those ads I always saw was this was a film that was just like going to disappear into nothing and we were never going to hear of it. And then suddenly it was a thing and we had a trailer and I was like, well, this is great. Like, why is it, what is that article talking about? Were the reshoots more extensive in this sense, in this particular project? Yes, but that's not a reason to just hate the film on its own. I said the defensiveness was over, but obviously not. So, oh, I did write it down. I was wrong. Okay, the critic thing. So at the time of writing, it was currently sitting down to 24% on a critic score in Rotten Tomatoes with a 72% audience score. It looks like that's gone up, 75 there you go. More people are seeing it. So the score's already gone up in the few days since I wrote that. IMDb has it at 5.7 out of 10, and Letterboxd has a 2.7 out of 5. So really kind of all over the board. But in the general thoughts that I'm reading, besides a few people who really seem to hate on it, is that it's simple and imperfect, but it's fun. Simple fun. I recommend it. Go enjoy yourselves. Uh, other super funny, just factoid that I thought would be fun to throw in there before we get into spoilers is the noise, meaning like the, the thoughts that are displayed for the men were all recorded and put in in post with visual effects and ADR. But on set, for the actors to react to them, it was just Doug Lyman shouting all the time, which I find quite funny. Like the two actors performing when it's normally quiet and it's just them, and then you just have a director just shouting the thoughts at you. It's just It would be a very interesting uh, thing to observe and probably really interesting as an actor. That would be weird to experience. So there we go. Factoids, two cents, whatever that weird segment was. Moving on to the next thing, which is just a brief announcement. Um, if you're liking this episode and you haven't already, please follow The Basement Binge on Podchaser and leave a review. You can leave a review or just a star rating. It helps out the show. Um, the monthly update, which is coming, I, every month I announce a winner of the free screen pass. This month, it's Max. Woohoo, Max. We've been talking. Congrats to you. I really appreciate you leaving a review. Please do that. It helps out the show a ton. Helps people know that it's a good show helps Basement Binge be discovered. There's a little simple thing you can do to help the show. So go to podchaser.com slash thebasementbinge, leave a review. Every month you have a chance to win a free screen pass and be able to view one of my, I think it's 39 films for free. 
Um, I'm going to try and do a little bit more than just a screen pass, as is affordable with that. So definitely be leaving those reviews on Podchaser. That's enough announcements. Moving on to the next segment. Again, still spoiler free. Pick your poison. Pick your poison, if you don't know, is the rating scale here at the Basin Binge, which is all based off how I'd act, interact with a film after seeing it. Which is the four options are to never watch it again, very self explanatory. Above that is to stream it if it was on a service that I was already subscribed to and there was just a hole of content I was trying to fill, I'd stream it. Above that is rent, I pay a few bucks here or there to rent it once. And the top of the list is to buy it. Now, I thought about this and the more I thought about it, at first, I was like, eh, it probably might be a rent, maybe, maybe a stream, but I thought about it. I really could see this as a Blu-ray I get when it's on a deal. Like, am I going to get it when it's released immediately? No, but not to, to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty good at finding Blu-ray deals. I'm searching for them all the time, and this is totally a film that I would pick up for like 10 bucks or less, and I'd mentally store it right next to Edge of Tomorrow, Ender's Game, and Jumper. Like, a film that is just... Who cares what anyone else says? I can put it in and just enjoy myself, and that's all I need to get out of it because I'm having a great time watching it. So, bye, I guess, on a deal. On to the next segment, Live Up. So, this is all still completely spoiler-free. Live Up is just to explain what my expectations were going into the film and if it lived up to them. I already mentioned that dumb Zegnet or Zergnet ad that's it was always on IMDb that always called the film unreleasable. And that's how I found out about the film. So I was like, oh, I had no idea who Doug Lyman was. All I knew was Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. And I wanted more of Daisy Ridley because she was in Star Wars at the time. And like the next thing I got was this next film she's in is unreleasable. And I was like, oh, that's sad. But as time went on and I learned more and more about it, and there was that one set photo of Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland, the more excited I got. I just, I just wanted more about it. Uh, I think that Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland have great charm together, even just in that set photo. Of course, coming to love Doug Lyman and then learning that he was the re- director for this film just had me even more excited, and I had high hopes for it. I-, I wouldn't say that I had high expectations, but I had moderate ex- expectation, and I was hoping to be surprised by how much I would simply enjoy it. Not expect next-level filmmaking, best-of-the-decade type list, but just that I was going to enjoy myself. And I've already listed this in my two cents, but I wasn't expecting anything great, and I got what I wanted. Totally satisfied with my choice. I'm sure I will love Raya when I get to that next week, but for now, I'm really glad that I went and enjoyed this film because it was fun. It was just simple, entertaining, fun that I really, really enjoyed. So I recommend it to you. I really do. Know what you're getting into. See if this is something that you you like, that you would enjoy. Totally go and do it because I, I had a ton of fun. There's the end of the spoiler wall, as we used to call it. I haven't said that in a long time. Uh, So what that means is if you have not seen this film or if you're worried about spoilers at all, now is the time to pause the episode and leave that review on podchaser.com slash the basement binge. Wink, wink. If you're okay with spoilers, continue on listening to the last two segments. Moving right along to least and likes. So least favorite scene, favorite scene. Least favorite is just everything involving the character of the preacher. He was confusing and underdeveloped. It was dark in an otherwise hopeful story, even in like a gruesome type of way. Uh, He was just really underdeveloped and not the best. His noise was like really cool, the visual fire he had around him. Uh, But I was mainly just confused by his involvement. Like, it's not just he was like super one note, like Mads Mikkelsen's character was, but it was just like, what the heck? I get the character, but it just seems like there was a lot of, 
I don't want to say writing, but a, a lot of characterization that was miswritten, whether it's in the writing or what we were able to get, whether it's in an edit or whatever, it just seems like there's a lot missing with that character. So, yeah. Besides his cool VFX noise, I didn't really like the character. I just thought it was weird. Uh, he was kind of menacing, which I liked. You know, I liked some good menace. Onto my like. Besides the noise VSX, which I keep talking about, it was really impressive and beautiful to me. Uh, I really like the chasings. Of course, Doug executes those extremely well. But if I had to pick one favorite scene, it's going to be the kiss scene where Todd's noise, like his thoughts, is imagining him and Viola kissing, and then he gets all embarrassed. And it, it was just a great scene as far as filmmaking goes. Like, my, like, in the theater, I was thinking, like, what? They kissed? Like... That's so uncharacteristic. Like, how well stupid of the movie. And then it just like totally pulled the rug out from underneath you. And everyone in the theater laughed. It, it was a great moment of just like, okay, that was funny. Like, it was just enjoyable. I, I know I keep saying that word, but I don't have another way to explain it. Like, was there a specific edit or specific cinematography or, or some component of filmmaking that made it so exceptional that I'm m- mentioning it? No, it was just fun. It was being in a theater with people laughing with my wife laughing and just enjoying what was on screen was just fun. And it was really great in that moment. On top of that, it was just great for the characters in the story. It was just fun. Todd being his innocent and genuine self and Viola choosing to accept him despite the difficulty of the noise and what that would bring. So seeing passive for who he is, which I thought was great. So perfect segue onto the last segment to close it out here, fall in. So this is just diving into the meanings and messages of the film. Now, let me say that this film is really weak in this area not that it doesn't have them but it's not the focus they're really there if you like dig for them but you can tell that it wasn't emphasized and maybe even thought of in the directing i I think that it's just there as a byproduct of the writing because of the author's intentions which i'm about to touch on but as far as like directing i don't think that it was it's like a byproduct so the author wrote the book because he realized we were living in a noisy world. One event instance that he mentioned in an interview was he was in line at a grocery store and he was listening to someone on have a f- conversation on the phone. He heard like the whole thing. And he was like, wow, we live in a really noisy world where I can just about hear everything that I don't want to. And then of course, as the book was released, social media has grown into amplifying that noise for good and also mostly bad. Um, and that was just the intentions of the author. So to talk about the film, there are some really great and intriguing undertones about voices and about the noise. How the one speaking the loudest is the one that gets the most followers. Mad Mickelson's character, the mayor, for example, is a great example of this. Even when he's not being fact-checked, he's the loudest, so he's getting the most followers. And not the loudest in like projection and volume-wise, but the loudest in influence. I I think the best example is how the noise allows for things to be shared and displayed in ways that weren't possible before, similar to social media, and how the people who have a control over that use their noise to then control others. And so this one person, the mayor saying, I am the circle, the circle's me, or whatever he says, gets others to join in in something that they're not realizing is his, him controlling until they're just one large puff of noise under the direction of just the mayor. It, it's a powerful example of manipulation that's really scary to me. We see how those that are controlling, 
their noise are really controlling others as well until it just becomes the echo of the one running the show. It, it's scary. It's a great warning and great takeaway from the film, but it's only there if you're going to look for it. Yeah, like It's not like the film's trying to say something about it. It's, again, just a byproduct of what the nature of intellectual property that it's based off of. So th- there's some great messages about overcoming differences as well, about Viol learning to look past the noise and see Todd for who he truly is. Uh, and not for his noise. It, it, it's simple, but it's really hopeful through everything that's happening. For Viola to see Todd and to accept him, even when his noise is screaming, is she going to kiss me? I want her to say, I hope she doesn't go. But to see what he chooses and and to see past that and to see the imperfections that exist in our thoughts and in ourselves, it's a very, very underdeveloped but hopeful tale through all the chaos walking. Okay, that's not the end of the podcast. I just like had to get that sentence and get the music to play in like a dramatic way just because I thought it was funny. We'll see how it goes in post and see if it was actually that funny. But thanks for listening to The Basin Binge and thanks for listening to my chaos walking reaction. If you enjoyed this film or didn't enjoy the film, let me know. If you enjoyed the podcast, please review on The Basin Binge. If you want to let me know what you thought about the film, you can connect with me on Discord. You can connect with me on Letterboxd. I'll have a review there. Of course, social media and email, all the things. If you want to get in contact with me, you can. All of that is linked below. Uh, Of course, please, 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 please leave a review on podchaser.com. Of course, you'll have a chance every month to win a free screen press. You can stream one of my movies for free that are eligible. I don't control that, but just sharing in small ways I can in return for you guys leaving a review on podchaser.com. Really appreciate all the help. So thanks for listening to The Basement Binge. Thanks for your patience as I get adjusted to trying to release these in a timely manner while also editing myself. So thanks for bearing with me. Uh, But again, my name is Harrison. This is The Basement Binge. That's all for now. Ciao, ciao. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.